Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We just had Steve Mayer on from the National Hockey League. He puts on all the outdoor classics, the winter classics. I know there was one a few years ago. The Heritage Classic was in Winnipeg. The Oilers ended up shutting out the Jets uh, 3-0 in that game. Uh, on the Jets bench for that game was Charlie Huddy. He played for the Oilers in the alumni game the day before. I remember they introduced the Oilers players and talked about the accolades of all the, you know, Paul Coffey, the second highest scoring defenseman in NHL history, a three-time Norris. It was just awesome. Man, it was awesome. And that is where we are going to go next. We are going to hook up for our friends at Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales as we take a, a bit of a trip down memory lane, but also, frankly, a, ter- uh, a recent trip uh, down to uh, the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. We welcome back to the show Edmonton Oilers, uh, five-time Stanley Cup champion and a man that uh, coached for a number of years in the league. We welcome back Charlie Huddy. Hello, Charlie. It's Bob. How you doing? Bob, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, you remember playing in that alumni game uh, against uh, the uh, the Jets? I do remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's uh, you know what? It's, it's like all of them. It's just great memories when you get out there, right? You get to see all your old buddies that you played with, and then the rivalry's not quite as strong as it was when when we were actually playing. So you get to see all the Jet guys and kind of hang out with them for a bit, and then you go out there and have some fun and uh, entertain the fans a little bit. You know, a I rem- slower than we used to be, but. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. Well, Solani had just recently retired, so they had a little bit of an, yeah. an advantage. Uh, mind you, I will say this. Mark Messier and Craig McTavish were particularly impressed. I'm like, is Mac T trying to get back in the league as a fourth-line center here? Like, yeah, like, like, like he was, I think he'd been skating or working out all summer or something because he was flying about. But there were a couple times where Messier and Paul Coffey each just decided to turn it up, and you remembered, holy, those guys could skate. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think uh, when you can skate like they, they, they never really lose it, right? They're just pure athletes, and both those guys at that time and probably still are were were in real good shape and, and like you said they uh, they wanted to turn it on and get it going they could uh, they could do it but um, yeah the rest of us were just a tad slow but uh, again it was all in fun alright so the next day you're on the bench with the Jets you coached there for a number of years after having a lengthy stint as an assistant coach with the Oilers and you're prepping uh, to go up against Connor McDavid and that was the first year that he won the league MVP he comes in a league 48 points in 45 games then you guys get him in the Heritage Classic as a coach of the Winnipeg Jets and hey you guys beat the Oilers in the playoffs let's not forget back in 2021 but when you're on that coaching staff you're supposed to focus on, you know, getting the best out of your team. Is Connor one of those players that forces the narrative and the conversation a bit into the opposition team? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you you have to have the conversation about about him because if you don't, they're going to get 
eating up and he's going to kind of have free reign out there. So you got to, you have to have a little bit of a game plan to try to control him. Are you going to fully control him? Of course not because of the speed and the talent that he's got and the way he, the way he moves around the ice and finds the open area and takes the puck to the net and all those little things. But, um, you know, you have, you have to be able to, um, limit his, his opportunities because if you give him too many, most of them are going to end up in the back of the net. So, yeah, of course, you have to have a some somewhat of a game plan going again and against him and obviously Leon too. We're joined right now by Charlie Huddy, who spent 11 seasons as a player with the Edmonton Oilers, winning five Stanley Cups. And you were the Emory Edge Award winner the first year the league did it for the best plus minus in the National Hockey League. You were plus 61 back in 82-83. Is that something you'll always have on Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey and Mark Messier, Yerry Curry, Glenn Anderson, all those Hall of Famers that you had the best plus minus? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think, you know what, the other guy said, the one guy that was uh, he, and jokingly was Gretzky because he, he'd, always, he'd always say, I'm sure you came off the ice a little bit early on some of those Opportunities. He goes, I think it may, because I think he ended up, I might be wrong, but I think he was like plus 59 or something like that. It's interesting because, it, yeah, it says here he was plus 61 as well that season. Yeah, I, I wanted, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I wanted to say that he was like 59 because he was mad. He was like two behind me, and then I kept bugging him. I go, you know what? There's a good chance you might ne- never get the Emory Edge Award again or uh, uh, ever get it. So, I kind of had that one up on him, but the other guys, coffee used to bug the heck out of me all the time. He just so as soon as you see it looking like it's coming in our in our end, he said you'd make an exit for the uh, for the bench. But uh, all in fun, and you know what, right place at the right time. You know what it's like with the plus minus. You could go out there and just just get on the ice and be out there for ten seconds, and it ends up in the other team's net. You get a plus, or you just step on the ice and it goes the other way. You didn't have anything to do with playing it. Yeah. ends up in the back of the net but I always said at the end of the day or at the end of the season it was always better to be plus 61 than minus minus 61 well we had uh, we had a guy that's a decent NHL defenseman go minus 78 here over four years he's still playing in the top four he was playing in round two this year he's won a couple Stanley Cups after leaving Edmonton but he had a tough first four years and that was Justin Schultz Charlie how do you with us right now Charlie just for the record Wayne did tie you in 82-83 at plus 61 the year before he was plus 80 the year after when the Oilers won their first First cup, he was plus seventy-eight. In the second year that the Oilers won the cup, uh, back to back in eighty-four, eighty-five, Wayne was plus one hundred, uh, and then in eighty-six, eighty-seven, he was plus sixty-nine. Led the league as well. So five times in his NHL career, he led the National Hockey League. You talked a bit about uh, playing with Paul Coffey, Charlie Huddy joining us for contract equipment. Um, you used to tell a story. What was the song you used to sing when he'd wind it up back behind the goal? You leave the puck for behind the net. Yeah, you can dance if you want to. We had to, we we had some fun. We had, we had to be up a couple of goals, so we had to we had to uh, at least have a, a two or three goal lead before we got into that. But uh, you know what? It was just a, it was a treat to play with him, and we had to have some fun out there. It's a long season, and you know what it's like to grind of every day. So you need a little bit of a little bit of fun out on the ice to break it up. And if he ended up going behind that net and getting the puck, he had a pretty good chance that it was going to end up in the other net and we might have a scoring opportunity. 
Uh, okay, the grind of the season. Even when you're winning 50 games a year, like there were a couple stints. I remember when Jack Michael started doing the play-by-play with me. Uh, we had uh, in two of Jack's first four years, the Oilers won one out of 21 games. Okay, at one point, a player who had recently been signed uh, joining the team because, ironically enough, Jack and myself, as you know, sat in front of the food on or behind the food on the plane, so we'd converse with the players. And one of the guys who'd come over uh, from another organization said these guys gonna mix it away to here or what like it was a pretty funny moment right so you, you say grind to the season charlie you guys were winning 48 to 55 games a year like how much of a grind is it when you're winning that much well yeah you know what it was because it uh we weren't sitting behind the food on charter planes remember we were, we were well, there you go nicely done there, there, there was a lot of uh there was a lot of days that we got stuck in Minnesota because it was snowing or we couldn't get out of there to get back home or stuck wherever to, uh, you know, because of weather and stuff like that. And I had spent an extra day maybe on the road when we would have had maybe two or three off at home and we're getting home and then we're getting right back at it. And then Slot's always, I don't know why, but he always, it, if we were in the, if we were coming, say, out of Buffalo or somewhere close by in the U.S., we'd always charter that Air Ontario prop plane and we'd end up landing in Toronto which stay at the at the uh, at the hotel uh, by the airport and then we take that nine o'clock flight back to Edmonton we land at 11 and be like practice at one o'clock what's with that uh, <laughs> yeah you know what I, I don't know like Gretz always had the great lines he's going like doesn't he know we just beat the 1968 Stanley Cup champions why are we practicing tomorrow you know, <laughs> Chris would pull that stuff out. But you know what? We did, like, we did that a lot. I mean, we really, uh, I mean, surprisingly, and I, I don't have an answer for you why, but Slots would, he would take us back there and uh, we'd get a practice at the rink or across the street at the old Agricom or whatever, and uh, we'd get out there for 45 minutes. I don't know if he thought that it uh, got, our, got our legs uh for us after being on a long road trip and stuff like that. I mean, I remember that one long, well, that one road trip, I can't remember what year it was, but we were on the days for, on the road for 21 days. Yeah. And we, uh, we were stationed kind of in Buffalo cause we could get out of there. We had, we had some breaks in between this, this road trip and we didn't want to slots didn't want to come back. So it was, uh, you know, like, like, so things like that where you're on the road, I mean, it, I think you know as well. People don't realize that when you're on the road and you're traveling and you're getting in at whatever time and getting your room and unpacking your bag and then you're getting up early to go to you know to practice and stuff or maybe it's a back to back. You're going you get to sleep in a bit, but you're you're still by the time you get to sleep, you know you gotta you, you gotta get a, a few hours in before the the game the next night. So it's uh, you know what it it, it is a grind. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's a little bit different right now. We're joined by uh, yeah. Charlie Huddy, who recently went into the Alberta uh, Sports Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll hit on that momentarily. I mean, it is, uh, you know, all of that being said, I, I, I got to say this. You guys basically practice every day, and you spoke about, uh, you know, being out at the Agricom, and uh, Guy Godowski's coach in Penn State, and Guy Godowski was my teammate with the Southside Athletic Club with Stu McGregor, who, as you know, uh, worked on some of the drafts when you were with the Oilers. Yep. And we we were on the ice after you guys one day over at Northlands, and you guys had come off a loss on a Saturday night, and you were practicing Sunday morning, a rare loss, one of those 20 to 25 losses you would have, Charlie. And you were you started with a one-on-one compete drill, and I'm like, guy and me are each like 15, 16 at the time, and Mark Messier and Kevin Lowe 
got into it and this one on and they're bashing the living snot out of each other and i'm looking at this and guys looking at me going is this what it's going to take to play it like now was this the exception to the rule or is that where as it graduated from a one-on-one to a two-on-two drill is that just part and parcel to how it worked yeah i think it was uh, i think practices were really competitive i mean you know that was probably a not an everyday occurrence i mean there was there was a few uh there was a few of those. It's just, just you know what, just a battle of, uh, you know, we, we hated when the forwards tried to, you know, if we were doing a one-on-one beat us or, or try to score. So we, we battled as hard as we could. But, you know what, it, like, it, at the end of the day, it made everybody it made everybody better, right? Like, Fierzy would always say, when you're coming in, shoot the puck, like, shoot like you're trying to score because if you just come in and shoot it to warm me up, it's not, not doing you guys any good and it's, it's not doing me any good. If you guys are shooting a score, he says, I got to bear down and try to stop the puck and, you know, make a good save or whatever the case may be. And it makes it harder for you guys to score or whatever. But I mean, practices, yeah, practices were competitive guys would guys would get out there and battle hard and, uh, and, you know, we'd move on from practice. Charlie, I got to ask you a couple more questions, maybe a little bit more about the here and now. Uh, from the time that you retired, and granted, coaching staffs are bigger, but you basically had two eight or nine year stints with two different teams, Edmonton and then Winnipeg. Uh, yeah. Completely different in the messaging. Uh, you, you know, like you were a bit of a defense whisperer. Like you brought some D along in both locations. We'll get to one guy specifically in a second, but just a thought on, on the importance of communication for maybe guys out there that are starting their coaching career at various different levels and and how different the messaging is today as opposed to say 20 to 25 years ago yeah you know what it's uh it's for me it's way more personal when you're behind the bench and you're like you're with these guys you know how many hours you you spend at the rink especially as a coach and the guys are around for a bit and you talk and not just about hockey but just you know everything that how the you know family at home and stuff like that you know any issues and stuff like that you really try to try to help them out. I think we all learned that from Slots. We always said Slots was kind of like a father figure because we were, we were so young, you know, and if you had issues, you could talk to talk to him and he'd guide you through. And I, I think it, for me, it's kind of the same, you know. You, it, you can't get back there and scream and yell at guys anymore. It, it, it just doesn't work. It, you know, maybe it worked when we were playing in the 80s. Slots would come down and give you a give you a little bit of heck down there and yell and scream at you but you can't do that anymore and I think you get way more with just being calm and saying you know we'll talk about whatever just happened in between periods and stuff like that or you know what we're going to talk about it the next day we'll go through the go through the tape and we'll um, you know we'll try to correct some things and make you better but I think it's just more it's for me it was just more personal and understanding the player and getting to know him and then being able to help him as you move forward. Corey Clouston was coaching the Prince Albert Raiders uh, in 2013-14. They played the Edmonton Oil Kings. It was the year the Oil Kings won the last Memorial Cup for WHL team. I remember Corey telling me, said, Stoff, I got two guys on my team. One guy's going to be a first-line NHL center. One guy's going to be a first-pairing uh, defenseman. And he was referring to Leon Dreisettle and Josh Morrissey. You coached Josh. He had a great year last year. Just a thought on uh, on how special of a player he is. Yeah, you know what? He was. Uh, I really enjoyed spending a lot of time with him. I and I, I did do that. I, I really tried to help him along. He was one of those guys that uh, wanted some guidance. Seemed to, you know, wanted to, wanted to learn the game and understand the game, and wanted to watch some video and stuff like that. So you, you know, you break stuff down and 
and you'd go through it with him. And um, I think from year to year, he just kept getting better. When I, when I was there, you know, his his ice time got a little bit a little bit increased because uh, he was he was doing the right things. He started to get some power play time, which gives everybody a little bit of confidence. And you you know you get out there, you start making more plays five on five and, and things like that. And I think that's what uh, that's what he did. And then. You know, there's there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind that that people don't really know. Like the the one year, unfortunately, his father was 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 fairly was really sick, and nobody really knew about it. Josh didn't really talk about it. I uh, I talked about you know with him about it and stuff like that, and tried to tried to help muddle along the way. And then, unfortunately, his dad passed away. And you know what? It, it was tough for him. I remember talking to him that summer, you know, for like an hour on the phone after, and and things like that, trying to you know trying to trying to help him out and guide him guide him along a little bit. You know, when the people were saying, "Ah, that that year and the year before, Josh hasn't had a great year. He's you know whatever." But it's one of those things that people don't know what's going on behind the scene, right? It's a tough. It was a tough situation for him. His dad's in Calgary. He's in Winnipeg, and. Uh, you know what? He credit to him. He battled through it, and um, he he did what he had to do. And he had a he had a great year last year. Charlie, uh, in 1986, you came into Rosie's Bar and Grill with your family in West Edmonton Mall, and your bill was 2222. I kid you not. I mean, I may have known the server. I think I've told you that story before. Uh, t- tell me this: what was what was a bigger thrill for you? Played in the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament when you were like I don't know 10 or 11 or yeah. 12 or whatever. Or going into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, uh, you're going to be making two trips to the Red Deer in a span of about two and a half weeks. But uh, pretty cool that you got into that Alberta uh, Sports Hall of Fame, and I'm sure there's nothing that quite beats that Pee Wee Tournament back in the day. Yeah, you know what? Both very special. I mean, you get to that Pee Wee Tournament, especially back then. It was I was playing for uh, out of Toronto for Dorset Park, and we had been together for quite some time, and. Uh, it was just, a, I mean, man, you get there as a young kid or whatever we were, 11 or 12, and that old Quebec Coliseum was just filled right up with people and just the excitement in there and uh, being able to go through it. And we ended up beating uh, Toronto Shopsies, which was kind of a drop-down affiliate of the, of the Toronto Marlies. We beat the Shopsies, uh, Toronto Shopsies in the final. And uh, it, it was a heck of a game. And then we had to go back and play them in the in the Toronto and the in the playdowns there, the playoffs there, and we ended up losing to them. But just a just a, re- a real thrill as a young kid. And uh, I remember we took the train to get uh, to get out there to to Quebec, which was which was a lot of fun as a young kid getting on the train going to Quebec. So I really enjoyed it. The uh, induction lot a couple of weeks ago on the 16th in Camrose was real, real, real special. I mean, something that I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't think there's a lot of, a lot of great people that deserve it, and uh, for me to be able to have that opportunity to be inducted in was uh, was pretty special. I had all my my family was all there, and uh, my son lives in Minnesota, but he happened to be up here. His daughter was playing in the. Uh, I think there was a war of roses right after the brick tournament yep. out at the mall. So, so they were they were they were able to be there too, which was was pretty special. So it was a great uh, it was a great night. Nakti and Billy Moores were there, so it was uh, it was uh, it was real special. All right, uh, one final one for you. Uh, the updated list has you listed as uh, one of the members of the Oilers team in the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament. Terry Lowen just sent it to me right now for next week in Red Deer. We're going to do the show from there on Wednesday, so I think the plan is for you to go down. Hopefully we see you down there, Charlie. 
I'm heading down. Should be uh, should be fun. I'm not. Uh, I've golfed once this year. <laughs> You're like uh, me. I'm, I'm the worst Mark, golfer Mark, alive. In Mark, in Mark Spector's tournament last week. So, uh, yeah, you know what? It, it's for an awesome cause, and you get to see all the, the Calgary Flames, and some of our guys are coming down. And uh, you know what? You just get to you get to meet a lot of great people that spend. Uh, spend a, money, uh, a lot of money and donate to a great cause so anytime that uh, we're fortunate to be able to help out and uh, and do that it's uh, it's a lot of fun so I'm looking forward to it and uh, we'll see you down there. Alright Charlie thank you very much for joining us here in Oilers Now. Yeah okay thanks for having me take care. You bet that is Charlie Huddy he's uh, of course uh, spent 11 seasons the Edmonton Oilers won over or, uh, well won five Stanley Cups as a member of the Oilers played over a thousand games in the league uh, was on the Oilers coaching staff for eight years Winnipeg for eight or nine years as well had a stint in Dallas and Charlie Huddy was brought to you by Contract Equipment Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite Teppan Yaki Steak Restaurant book your celebration for the senses at jvedmonton.ca We'll be back in a moment here with the Oilers Now Injury Report when we return. Craig texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and he says, Bob, Charlie Huddy was the only Oiler from the 1980s that I've ever met in person. He was super humble and just a regular guy. 100%. Humble guy. He was a pretty important defense. I mean, he was a top four D-man on that team. Had some big seasons for the Oilers. Reliable. You want a comparable to him? Alec Martinez of the Vegas Golden Knights. And if you actually go on HockeyReference.com, there you have similarity scores that are very similar as well. Uh, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you when you purchase a vehicle. You can reach out to Uncle Melt, Rich, Johnny, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford. They will make you a repeat customer. They're not pushy. They take their time. And they look after you after the purchase of a deal. 780-352-6048, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. And all season long, oh man, Trent Brown, he's got to be real and hurting for certain with the Edmonton Elks right now. James H. Brown bringing you the Oilers now. Injury report. Uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at jameshbrown.com. Trent, multiple time, you sport all-star, not in the Sports Wall of Fame. Probably the best football player they had in 40 years. Probably one of the biggest donors to the school. I don't know. Who could ever figure that place out? I worked there for eight years. Some days I did. Maybe it was me. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Backo, this is going to be an interesting conversation coming up. Uh, good in one regard and maybe a little bit painful in the other. David Staples of the Cult of Hockey in the Edmonton Journal when we return.